I call him Combo. His name's Andrew Sollett, but we call him Combo. Combo! Welcome to the show. Woo! Thank you so much, guys. I love the shirts. I love the shirts. Oh. Deuce and Mo merch for Mo. And you took it back to the WCW days? Uh, yeah. Wow. A little stunning Steve Austin. Yeah. Wow, That's great knowledge, man. dude. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's crazy. I mean, he wrestled for so many years where he wasn't a superstar. Yeah. Just really persistence, you know, just persistence and patience. And he finally became a superstar when it was all said and done. Yeah, it's interesting. We have What's that NBA comp? There's not really a comp for him, right? A guy that hmm. came, I mean, I was trying to think like Chauncey Billups, but that Stone Cold was a mega star. He became like the best. Right. Yeah. I, I think maybe um, Kawhi. From his college years to the Spurs years okay. and then becoming the best player in the NBA. I guess that's somewhat of a comp, but you're right. There hasn't been anybody quite like him in the NBA. Yeah, I mean, he was in Drake's music video, you know, and everything. So, <laughs> Who's Stone Cold? That, no, that, that was a surprise when I saw him in Drake's video. Yeah. That it was, was a surprise for everyone. <laughs> Dude, the last time we talked to you, we were on your podcast, I believe in November, and we were talking about the Kings, where we think they could be. Um, here we are as we start the final 25 games of the season for the Kings. They're in the number three spot for now, but big picture, there's seven games above 500 coming off an all-star weekend where they had two guys at the all-star game. Um, have you been surprised by the Kings season? No, I mean, we talked about this. I love the moves that they made. Um, I talked about how De'Aaron Fox had to be that guy if they wanted to win, and he's been that guy, mm. all-star level player. Um, I loved everything they've done since the Tyrese Halliburton trade. And I won't mention Luka Doncic. Oh, my fault, guys. <laughs> Watch your mouth. But no, they've been great. And Mike Brown, to me, is the coach of the year. He brings a lot of what he did and what they did with the Warriors to this team with some, like, vintage King stuff going on as yeah. well, right, when it comes to the X's and O's. So I love everything they've been doing, and I'm not totally surprised at all. It's yeah, no, it's so, so fun for us. Not only because obviously when you see those wins, it's fun that a team that has lost for so long is getting those wins, but it's the style of basketball that is being played on the court right now that just brings so much joy, so much energy. Now, do you think, Combo, that this style of basketball can keep the Kings in the top six? Mm-hmm. I think it can, even though their schedule is tough and the two teams right behind them have gotten better, in my opinion. Some would say the Clippers have not. I think they have. And then, obviously, when you add Kevin Durant to the Suns, they have got better as well. Um, Sacrifice a little bit of depth. The Mavericks are right there as well. I think they're going to be a dynamic duo, even though they lack some defense and depth right now. I think they can stay in the playoffs. I think they'll land maybe between the fourth and the sixth seed, somewhere in there, but they do have a tough schedule, and I think they will get it done. I actually have a bet with my co-host in the Believe in Magic podcast that if the it's it's a dinner, if the Kings make the playoffs, I get dinner. Nice. If they're out the play-ins, like, and that's not going to happen. Yeah. I am dinner and play ins a push. So I think I'm going to get the dinner. Ooh, I hope you get yeah. that. I hope you get the dinner for all of us. Um, That's it. <laughs> Most you, definitely. You were talking about De'Aaron. You thought, yeah, he needed to be the guy this year. I- I'm curious, just when you watched De'Aaron this year, what's jumped out to you about his, the leap he has made? Well, the leadership, first and foremost, you could tell he's being a better leader and everything coming out of that locker room is saying so. The thing that people aren't talking about, I feel like, is – his craft and skill level, I think, even got to a whole new level. Like, his creation in the mid-range. He was always a pretty solid mid-range shooter. But he's adding some stuff to his game, some junk in his game that I just haven't seen before. Yeah. Junk. It's, I like no, I, it's true. It's true. I mean, just his ability to get to so many different places on the floor. And I think what I always tell Deuce is I feel like that's where different tier 
of players go, right? And he's showing, not yet, but he's showing that he can be that different tier player. If you're a player that can call out a spot on the floor and I'm going to go there and I'm going to get a jump shot, and even though you know I'm going to go there and get this jump shot, I'm still going to make it in your face. I feel like that's what separates some players in this league. I totally agree with you, and he's a pure point guard in every sense of the word, in my opinion, and not only that, one of the fastest players in the league from end to end, and since he added that creation and the mid-range and just be able to get his own, he's just a total handful on both sides of the court. Yeah, and I'm I'm glad you you brought that up because I do feel like his defense has taken a leap. And, you know, coming out of Kentucky, I was like, this guy can be a really good defensive player, and he's been really inconsistent throughout his career, sometimes just not playing good defense. And I don't know if it's just, hey, it's year six, Mike Brown, taking a little more pride, maturing. Whatever it is, it just feels like he is competing a lot more on that side of the ball. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the Kings' defense is not their strength, so they need everything they could get from him. Um, You put out a stat today saying they get better throughout the course of the game. I love that. But, you know, point guard, everybody thinks about rim protection when it comes to defense, but point of attack defense is so important as well, right? Especially in the playoffs. I mean, Utah had that problem for years. Gobert was a great defender down there in the paint, but point of attack point of attack defense wasn't great. So seeing De'Aaron getting better on the defensive side is just so important for the Sacramento Kings team. It's so important because we talk about how, well, Mike Brown even talks about how, hey, we can be a good enough team defensive team but we need individuals to get better to step up and maybe even it comes to changing around the roster and making tweaks eventually to get those uh individuals on this squad that have elite defensive skills uh you look at someone like Domas Sabonis I know he's not necessarily your rim protector shot blocker kind of guy but at the same time with his verticality and the way that he has just shown up uh, as that second line of defense, he's been just a different type of rim protection. Yeah, he's not the most athletic defender, even though in some ways I think he's an underrated athlete, but his IQ on defense, his feel on defense is pretty damn good in my opinion. Yeah, what what do you have? What have you made from Sabonis this year? You know, uh, the Kings have him just at the five, which I think is his natural spot. They're running stuff through him. He's kind of like a Jokic light in that regard. What what has stood out to you about Sabonis? I love the Jokic light thing because yeah. he's that hub, right? I think that's the best word for him. He's a hub. He's like that second point guard. He's that point forward that they really needed because I think you need one or two or three guys initiating offense in the modern NBA. And just the way he could set screens, handoffs, initiate offense, it's been phenomenal. I think he even added more of that since his days with the Pacers. So Keegan Murray has had his ups and downs this year. I would say more ups, you know, uh, just looking at his role on this squad. What have you seen from the rookie Keegan Murray? I think, you know, he's had had his challenges as a young player. Um, I love the shot making. I love his ability to play both sides of the floor. And I think at the very least, he's going to be a winning playoff player, right? He could plug and play. He could play with great players. He's a great fit there. He He's a guy that could fit around star players, but also has some star potential himself. All right. We've seen all the, you, you alluded to some of these moves in the Western conference with KD, the Clippers have made a lot of moves to kind of reshape their team. Who who do you think's the best team in the West? Like who, who do you think right now is kind of the favorite? I like Denver, man. I really like Denver. 
But I have to say, I'm going to go with Clippers. I'm going to go with the Clippers because I had the preseason. Yeah. And they made all these moves. They made some great moves outside of Westbrook. I mean, I thought Eric Gordon should have been on another L.A. team for years. I don't know why he was in Houston for that long. He's a great pickup for them. He could defend. He could shoot the three. We'll see. He might have aged a little bit. We got to see how he plays with competitive, in competitive playoff basketball. I wish he would have had a move to a contender a little bit earlier yes. on in his career. But he is a great fit there. I think the Russell Westbrook thing is actually going to work. I think it wasn't a great fit with LeBron. I think, you know, Kawhi and Paul George are obviously going to initiate offense, but I do think it's a better fit with Russ. And, you know, he's still at 18, 6, and 6 around their guy. Um, I think he's going to throw them. I think he's going to give the Clippers a different look in terms of mentality and play. He's what He has that alpha dog mentality, which I don't know if anybody quite has that on the Clippers outside of Kawhi. I mean, PG, I think he's one of the most underrated players ever, in my opinion, but he doesn't really have that alpha-alpha mentality. So he brings that. And not only that, I think he could push in transition. And that's something they don't have at this point as well. And you, I was listening to your Monday's podcast uh, with your guy talking about the Clippers. And something that was brought up, too, was how Paul George had one of his best years with Russell Westbrook by his side, right? So will he be able to bring that side out of him again? Um, I also heard you guys talking about Russell Westbrook as a teammate in the locker room. And that a lot of that chatter just seems to be maybe from the media. Yeah, I think that's true because, look, PG obviously loved him. He wanted this trade to happen, and it's probably a big reason it did happen. Kawhi had to sign off. Um, Not only that, they loved him in Washington, right? So – they love him in a lot of places. He was a fan favorite at OKC and he lasted there for years. He's a future hall of famer. People tend to like playing with Westbrook. It didn't seem to work out with LA, but he has a good track record with other teams. I would say this too with Russ, like when you get bought out now, he's a different player, right? Like he's not making that 40 something million from the Clippers, whatever that crazy amount was. I mean, I don't even know what his official contract is with the Clippers. This is kind of a pivotal time. Like, people have dragged his name through the mud. Mm -hmm. I think he has always had a chip on his shoulder. That's just kind of how he plays the game. But I think that chip's only gotten bigger because of how he's been talked about. And I feel like he was blamed so much for what was going wrong with the Lakers when it really wasn't just him. It was the roster construction. Putting him in an environment where he feels wanted, that feels empowered, and he probably knows what's on the line for his future. I think he can be really impactful for the team. Yeah, and I think people forget he had some really nice stretches with the Lakers in yeah. his new role this season off the bench. He's putting up some good numbers. Obviously, the defense isn't great, and we know the efficiency isn't great, but he brings a different kind of mentality. He could push pace. He's great at finding shooters. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are still a lot of things that Russell Westbrook brings to the table. Not only that, I think coaching fit is so important. You you guys play a team today with um, Cam Reddish, who I knew before he went to the Knicks was not going to be a good fit with Thibodeau. Mm. Like, he's not that yeah. go-hard type player. He's a good two-way player who needs an opportunity, but he's not that go-hard type guy, right? He He's kind of like, he got that laid-back kind of game. Like, PG-13 has that game, and I think he's one of the most underrated players ever. So I think this fit between Ty Lue and Russell Westbrook is great because um, Ty Lue is one of the best guys when it comes to adjustments and lineups, especially in the playoffs. I think it's a great coaching fit. We often talk about player fit between each other, but sometimes we have to talk about coaching yeah. and player fit. 
It's so true. I talk about that a lot. And I think sometimes when you look at situations, it's not something that people factor in enough when they look at teams uh, and individuals. But um, you mentioned the Nuggets. You mentioned the Clippers. You didn't mention the Suns. You don't believe in them? Ooh. It's going to be tough to get it all together in this amount of games. I do believe that I do believe in the move because when you could sign a guy like KD, you mm. sign a guy like KD, not only to win a championship, but that's box office, man. That brings excitement to your city. It's a great investment just to have a guy like that in the building for the next four years. He always, yes, he's injured now, but he always comes back great from injuries. Do I think they're the title favorites? Probably not at this point because I do think it'll take some time to get that chemistry. Maybe I'm wrong because CP3 is one of the greatest game managers and point guards we've ever seen. Um, so we will see. We will see. Yeah, uh, I think taking you know, pressure off Chris Paul helps too, right? Like, yeah, late in the year, man, there's sometimes you're just like, is this guy going to make it through? Mm. Like he's broken down a little bit. They rely on him so much. And I don't know how much he has left in the tank to give that type of level, right? Well, now you got KD and Booker. That's pretty nasty. Yeah, I mean, on paper it looks great, but I yeah. think we've seen over the years that the teams that are really succeeding in this league have built culture, have built mm-hmm. through the draft, have built through free agency, like the Warriors. And I think this era has almost been, in, for some teams, a name-chasing era. If you think about the Nets, they've been name-chasing for like 10 years, <laughs> oh, right? God. Kevin Garnett. Oh, that was Paul such a Pickers, bad trade. Joe Johnson, Kyrie <laughs> Irving, James Harden, Kevin Durant with no culture. And I think teams will start moving away from that. This Suns, uh, the Suns have a new governor. So I think he wanted to make a splash and he didn't care about all that. And I do think it was a right move because, you know, KD is one of the one or two best players in the league when he's healthy. I agree. And I think when it comes down to KD, like we were talking about that when it was a possibility that KD could be finding a new home. It's like anyone would do almost anything for him, right? And you really quick mentioned the Warriors. Uh, Charles Barkley said the Warriors are cooked. Do you agree with him? It's looking bad right now. <laughs> uh, cooked, no, because their ceiling is basically higher than any other team in the NBA when they're hitting on all cylinders and they still have their core. They still have Jordan Poole, who they signed to a long-term extension. They got GP two back. Not sure when he's playing, but he was big for them last season. A lot of it obviously depends on Steph Curry's health because he got a lot going on. He got all these injuries going on and um, we need to see him back if they want to win. But I think they definitely have a chance because they have the highest ceiling, in my opinion. Will they get to that? We will see. The thing with them, like, you just think of what they got last year out of their others, yeah. right? They had some vets on that team that helped them. GP2, one of them, of course. Otto Porter, Bielitsa. And I think they thought this year they're going to be able to get more out of Kaminga on a consistent basis. Maybe yeah. something out of Moses Moody. But, like... Even Wiseman, right? Yeah, Wiseman, right? That's the yeah. other guy. He's not even on the team anymore. So, yeah, uh, I think that was a miscalculation by them, you know. And I, I don't. I also don't know that the Warriors have the patience to do this whole like, hey, we got to win a championship, but we also have to develop at the same time. It's a tough balance to strike when you're trying to win championships. You know. They're playing with two timelines, which is really tough. Yeah. So they're trying to win championships while developing right. young players. And that's a crazy challenge. The thing is, they actually got that done last year. So kudos to them, but it might have caught up to them this season. Yeah.
So we're coming off of a, an interesting weekend in the NBA. Oh, it was hideous is what okay. you meant to say. Well, it was an I, ugly All-Star I weekend. I could just say whatever, that. Yeah. Uh, ugly All-Star weekend. And Deuce and I, over the last couple of days, or yesterday, whatever the hell day it is, uh, we were trying to come up with ideas because we don't know what the NBA needs to do to make – uh, these players want to play a game or make it at least something where the fans are entertained. Do you have any uh, all-star ideas? One-on-one. Bring it back to the essence. <laughs> That's what you play said. Play one-on-one, man. I, I thought about that, but man, like, but I don't want to play one-on-one like it was Brown and Tatum where it was like they're going 60%. Like, if you're going to play, like, play. Let's get after it. Yeah, I think that needs to be an event, and I don't even think it has to be the All-Stars, but yeah. I just think that would be a great event. Like, somebody got to set the tone. That's what it is. Somebody got to go out there, play yes. hard, make everybody push themselves. I mean, Tatum had his 50 points, but he really wasn't pushing everybody else no. in the process. Man, that game was tough to watch. There's no, there's no way around it. I mean, I think the three-point contest – was great. I mean, Kevin Herter. Oh, was it? You whole, like that? that? <laughs> that's a whole. That's a whole other. What story happened? Whatever. Why was he so bad? Combo that he's shooting a career high from three, and he had one of the lowest totals in history. I would have just said after the contest, "Hey, I'm a, I'm a game shooter. I'm a game shooter." Yeah, no, no, it's true. But I, I was making the point. I said, you know what? They need to change the three point shootout. I don't want racks. I want them catching passes. However, they want to take it. Go ahead, dribble handoffs. Oh. Cool passes. You don't shoot like that. You don't grab a ball and shoot like that during a game. I think Deuce is just saying this because he's uh, uh, obviously a Kevin Herter fan. Yeah, right. But yeah. I don't know. I'm just trying so to come Ke- to so, so if Kevin Herter would have won, he wouldn't have had this recommendation. Oh, no. The, the racks are awesome. It's a classic feature that you have to adjust to. Uh, you guys got to check out Combo's Core. I know you're you're grinding, doing content left and right. If you're a basketball fan, Combo does amazing stuff. Uh, we, we appreciate you. Do you have a, another podcast coming out soon? I know you just did the one on the Clippers. Maybe this if you send me the audio. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a good idea. I like it. Double dip. Yeah, I could send you the audio later. Uh, okay, I, appreci- I appreciate you uh, hopping on with us, and let, let's do it again soon, man. Oh, man, it's always great talking to the most dynamic duo in sports media. Oh, look at that. We're going to clip that, too. Yeah, he's our advocate. <laughs> he's been hired as our advocate. Uh, Combo, appreciate you, thanks, man. We'll Combo. talk to you soon. Anytime. Talk soon. Thanks. He's a man. He re- I love his voice, too.